This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. Not every guest takes me up on the opportunity, but I like to do a segment called The Mic Swap, where I make my guest into the host, and then I become the guest. I let them take the conversation wherever they want to take it, ask me whatever they want, and uh, it's a lot of fun, I think. This is Mic Swap. This is Mark Pittman, the host of Shareable, and my guest today is Jeff Gibbard. Jeff, I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much. I've been really excited to come on Shareable for some time now, so I was uh, joyous when I got the email about it. Well, you know, we've had you on the list for a long time, but we we just wanted to make sure we got the kinks worked out of the system so we could get you and have the best the best episode possible. Thanks so uh, much. I am so thrilled to, you know, we've known each other for a while. We've gotten to uh, be share a room together, share an apartment together in Toronto for, for an event. Um, one of the things that I love about you is that every time I'm around you, I learn something new. I get something better. I, I learn an app. I learn a way of looking at something. I learn a question. Um, and I'm thrilled that you have a book that you're, we're in the process of working on. What is it called? And, and can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. The book is uh, going to be coming out in January of 2022. Uh, the title, as of right now, you know how things any, anything right. change, but the the working title that's been the working title from the beginning is called The Lovable Leader. Uh, working on some different taglines. Um, I've got, um, you know, all business is personal. I've also got one that Jeff Shaw just gave to me, uh, Lovable Leaders Mean Business. Um, it's pretty clever, right? Um, he knows his lingo. He really does, man. Um, so the book is essentially a reaction to what I've noticed is um, a lack of an ethical-based leadership model that takes people's humanity into consideration and not just the results of their labor. Wow. Um, I believe that you know, we, we have work has become like this meme of like, Oh God, I got a Mondays. Am I right? And I, I have always been someone who's wanted to do something that I love doing. And that's partly because my dad was a funeral director and he was like, Hey, listen, find something you love doing and you'll never work a day in your life. Or you could just wind up burying dead people. And I was like, Oh, well that's cool. I'm (laughs) six. Thanks so much. So I really was always on this pursuit of passion and pursuit of doing things I loved. And I found that, you know, I always had a hard time in jobs of different sorts because of different bosses that I had. And I found that the culture of work was so, um, it just, it didn't have any passion or excitement or care Mm. in it. I I was um, often struck by how little uh, respect and connection there was between, and, and it could just be the jobs that I had early on, but I really began working on and building this leadership framework in my mind about what would happen if we created environments of work where we cared about people, where we had, instead of deception or manipulation, we just had trust as the norm. What if we ensured safety for everybody so that they could come and be who they are, show up as they are, and not feel like they have to fit into some dominant culture or code switch or do anything that they would need to do where they feel like an outsider of an in-group? What if we just created environments where people could be who they are, come fully expressed and give their best wherever they went. What if we could do that? So that's the book I wrote wow. is trying to create the framework for how to go about doing that. I am I, so glad because uh, my friend Sherry and Koshi and I are writing a paper right now, looking at the nonprofit sector and how the typical management procedures that drive the humanity out of the nonprofit sector, uh, including annual reports and uh, division of labor and uh, in constant pressure to produce more. 
where uh, there's a book called Accounting for Slavery. Have you have you read that? Not, but that sounds like a great title. It, for it's me. an account that looked through uh, what we think of as the productivity scientific management principles of Frederick Taylor and and others, the Gantt chart, and actually found that they were being and operating uh, a century to 150 years beforehand in their most pure form on sugar plantations in the West Indies and the United States Southern plantations. Oh my God. And human beings were total commodities and it was totally wrong. So we're calling into question some of the things that we just take for example, for, for, um, for granted as this is the way, this is the way good management is. We should be more like a business uh, in the nonprofit sector. And we're uh, trying to point people to directions of what you're doing. So I'm glad that there's going to be a framework once the paper is done and we're on the road, we'll be able to say and get the lovable leader. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's ideally suited for people who are, it's ideally suited. I would say it, it, it obviously anybody could read it and I hope they get something out of it, but it's ideally suited for people who are relatively new to a leadership role. And that can mean that they decide to take on more of a leadership type Ooh. posture but mostly it's for people who get shoved into a role because they were good at a thing. So they get promoted to oversee people because they were good at a thing and they don't know how to manage the people side of the business because there's so much literature out there. And my entire MBA experience was very much about managing costs and managing, like thinking of a business like a spreadsheet, but very rarely did we talk about managing it as a group of people that are coming together to do a thing. And that's where I saw the real gap in the marketplace is that when it comes down to it, leadership is, you've said it, leadership is about influence, right? Like leadership is about getting people to go in the same direction somewhere. And Mm. that doesn't necessarily involve, you know, uh, uh, revenue and expenses as much as it involves like, can you get people to care enough to show up and and do the work they need to do? So it's, it's ideally suited for the people that will be moving into those bigger leadership roles because I think you make the big, I'm hoping to make the biggest impact with this book by way of changing the culture at the, the level of the people who will be continually moving up. I love that. And I think what a gift that will be for people that feel exposed because the higher you move in an organization, the higher up you move, the less supervision you get right when you want more of it in some ways because yeah. it's all new stuff. So that's what a gift that'll be. You've worked with a lot of high performers over the years and I'm wondering, um, are there... And, and in different areas, it seems like, uh, are there con- consistent, a few consistent things that seem to span, whether it's an agency or clients that you're working with, uh, that, that are there consistent traps people fall into that trip them up? Or is it just kind of different for each, each group or each sector? Um, in, in, in what way specifically do you mean about like, about on the way to success, about in being good or bad leaders or, in, in what way exactly do you mean? I think I was thinking it mostly as people that are already leaders, but they're um, we're all, not all perfect. I've not yet met a perfect leader. Got it. Um, and so, are there a common? Is there a common? If if there are one thing you could fix, oh yeah, uh, for leaders, or one thing you could suggest to leaders, is there something that seems that that common, or is it? Is yeah. It, is that too simplistic? No, no, no. It's not too simplistic. So like one of the things I'm a big believer in is simplicity. I think, you know, you mm-hmm. have to really deeply understand something and all of its complexities to design a solution that is in fact simple, but that simple doesn't mean simplistic, right? Simple just Ooh. means um, that it is uh, lacking in the complexity uh, required to execute, right? So like try to design something that's easy to remember and easy to implement. So for instance, one of the things that I see time and time again, and this is super familiar to anybody, um, if you've had a job 
you have experienced this. And it is <laughs> okay. the difference between a boss and a leader is Ooh. that a boss is sitting on the opposite side of the table from you. They are speaking at you. They're speaking down to you, to you. There is a difference in hierarchy. There's a, there's a separation between you. And the, the experience, I hate the B word. I, if anybody ever says, oh, that's my boss, I'm like, do not ever label me with that word. I, like, it's a bad word in my book. We don't use it. So the experiences I've had there is I noticed that there is a, there's a, a wall between us that we are sitting on opposite sides of the table. And the framework that I have, uh, I think I've coined it. I don't know if anybody else has ever used this, but I've been using this for seven or eight years now at this point, I think. But I call it sitting on the same side of the table. It's just a mental model. And for a lack of, uh, you know, to simplify it, it's basically like empathy and connection and aligning your goals. Imagine you're sitting across from each other. You're speaking at each other. You're, you're looking in different directions. If you're sitting on the same side of the table, you're looking in the same direction. We are going mm-hmm. the same places. So you talk about where we're going. You talk about the goals. You talk about everything in the context of us being on the same team in this very moment. And where I see a lot of leaders uh, become bosses instead is where they forget that we're actually on the same team here. I'm not here to scold you. I'm not here to, Mm. you know, reprimand you and, you know, correct you where you're wrong by way of showing you that like, I'm in the position of authority and let me tell you where you're wrong. Like it's not parental, right? Like we're we're not, you know what I'm saying? So on the flip side, what if we were on the same team because we're all working towards getting a championship, right? Like we're all going after a big, bold idea. So I would say that if I could give one piece of advice, it would be remember the words, sit on the same side of the table and every single interaction you have with anybody on your team or anybody that's on an external team, anybody that you interact with in life, sit on the same side of the table with them, validate them, acknowledge them, understand where they're coming from, understand where they want to go. And if you can be in that conversation with them, they're going to hear you in a way that they're not going to hear you relate and, and react to you if you were on the opposite side, telling them what to do and causing them to feel uh, a bit defensive. I definitely have seen that. Uh, that's a really good answer. What do you do? Uh, jobs are artificial. Organizations are artificial in a way. So there is yeah. a positional authority. How, how do you coach or help leaders that have, they're not trying to be the parent, but they're, they're uh, subordinates, their kids. I mean, they're sorry, their kids. I just said yeah. <laughs> their subordinates, their staff are acting like kids. Um, and maybe it's just that they've never had a job and they've never known what it, it means to, to show up to work. Um, so are there, how do you help people be on the same side of the table and also know when it's time to help somebody move on? Yeah. And it's, so, I'm, I'm actually glad that you had the little Freudian slip with the kids thing there. I couldn't believe I did that. No, it's good though, because it actually, <laughs> it illustrates nicely when we go down that path, right? I think about when you've been in like uh, public places and you see someone who's with their kid and they just absolutely like lose their mind at their kid, right? They scream at the kid, the oh, kid's acting up, yeah. they lose their mind. Right. And then, you know, you think to yourself, is that actually going to help the kid and like, I get it. Like I have a kid and there's times where I've been frustrated with her and I'm like, but I don't like yell at her. She's 10 months old, whatever. But like, my point is, is that like, um, and again, I'm not suggesting leadership is parental. I'm using this as a metaphor. If you treat your children with respect and you treat them as if they're more grown up than they are, they're going to grow into their role. If you set a good example for them, they're going to grow into that. Children learn what they live. People in their cultures at work learn how it is around here. 
and they learn how to okay. work because of that. And I'll give you a, a really good example of this in practice. So take the parent, the parent stuff and put it off to the side. I worked with a client once where the owners were a husband and wife. They sat in a glass office. They had cameras fixed on every one of their people. And anytime that something went wrong, they knew who to blame and they blamed people. Ooh. See if you can guess what their culture was like. Well, anytime anybody had anything go wrong, what did they do? They looked for who to blame or why it wasn't their fault. They were like kids who get caught, you know, sneaking a cookie and they get yelled at. So they do everything they can to not get yelled at, right? So if you have subordinates and you have a hierarchy on your team, the best thing you can do is to try and act almost as if that doesn't exist. Treat people with respect, talk to them at eye level, you know, get on, get on the same page with them, talk about where your goals aligned and start being just adults that are on the same team. I think the whole issue with hierarchies in some aspect, and I'm not saying that we should do away with hierarchies, like there's obviously some benefit to it, but I think the problem is, is that it creates a separation. We forget that leader is just another role on the team. You happen to have a set of competencies that you are good at moving people towards a goal, influencing them, hopefully building trust and, and organizing things in such a way towards those goals, right? That's a role that you're good at, but it doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. Yep. It just means you're good at that set of skills. And you should look at that as being, a, I, I like to say, a responsibility, a burden, and a privilege. So there's good and bad that comes yeah. with that. And ultimately, I think if you set a good example for your people and you treat them with respect, they will tend to step up and stop acting like children. Or they won't be a good fit for your team anymore and they can work somewhere else where they can be a child. Absolutely. And that is a, yeah, that is a, a choice. But I think one of the things that you're, you've repeated in that answer was, setting a good example yourself and setting yeah. the tone because so many leaders don't, don't set the example uh, well. And, and it's awkward for them when they start trying to take care of themselves and um, because it's hard being a leader, but all right, I've got where I'm loving this conversation and I, I could talk to you for hours. I have two more questions, cool. one a little longer, one simple either or, but the, the little longer possibly one is I I've known you for a while. So online dating course, superhero Academy, leadership book, what ties all the different things that you've done together that I know of, and I know you've done more. Yeah. So if you look at everything that I've done, and it's such a good question because it's what I wrestled with in late 2019 when I was trying to figure out who I am, who I want to be when I grow up. It's like, all right, I've done all these things. I've got like 50 projects. Like what's the unifying factor? So there's kind of, uh, I guess there's kind of like two things that are happening. And I think it, I'm kind of real time organizing them in my head, right? So I guess if I had to put it at the top is giving people the tools to be completely honest, fully expressed and happy, right? So like giving wow. people the tools to be able to do the things that they want to do, live the life and without manipulation or lying or any of that. And if you scale that back and you look at the superhero stuff, I want to encourage people to learn the skills that they need to become super powered so that they can accomplish the work that they are meant to do. I want to take all mm -hmm. of the, the, the limiters off of their ability to grow and do extraordinary things. You look at the online dating thing. My entire premise is that you don't have to lie or play games. Like literally your fastest path to finding your person is being honest. Now it doesn't mean you don't present yourself in the best possible way. It's marketing after all, but it does mean that you 
are then free to be yourself. I just had Leslie M on my podcast oh, nice. um, and her whole thing is swagger. And so much of swagger is about being your authentic self and being proud of that person. Right. And that's why one of the reasons why she and I connected so much is that like, I think at the end of the day, that's really what I want. I want people to be okay to be who they are. They don't have to apologize. You get to yeah. just be who you are. The leadership thing is about creating an environment where everyone can be that. The superhero thing is about giving people the skills so that they're powerful enough that no one can ever tell them, no, you can't do that because yeah. they have the skills that they can carve their own path. All of the different things I think are about creating the opportunity for people to be free from what anybody else thinks and to say, screw it. I am who I am. I do what I want. Wow. That is... Yes, I'm all in. That's why I like you so much. So here's, here's this may seem trite, but I've heard it's a very seminal question. Um, superhero question. Okay. For you as a superhero, cape or no cape? No cape. Okay. Great. Yeah, no cape. I'm definitely a no cape guy for sure. Awesome. Well, that, and that it was a burning question that I had for a while for you. So I'm really glad you get all to come spandex, on the podcast for this. All spandex. <laughs> <laughs> not a picture I needed to see, but good. You own that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, Jeff, thank you so much. This has been a super enjoyable conversation. I uh, know people are going to want to listen to it over and over again, because you drop so many nuggets in there that are going to help them. And they're going to want to come back to you, which I'm really, well, that's why I know that this is really shareable. Wait, don't leave. If you've never listened to my fancy outro, do it just once for me, please. Okay, if you enjoy Shareable and you find it valuable, there's a few ways that you can support the show. One, you can share it on social media, which I strongly encourage. I mean, it's literally the name of the show, Shareable. Two, you can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're an Overcast user, as many of my listeners are, make sure to click that star button on the episodes that you like. The third way that you could support the show is by blogging about it or discussing it on your own podcast or even by making a YouTube video where you talk about one of the episodes. And then the final way that you can support the show is by supporting it directly on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you about one other thing. You see, Shareable is just one of many projects that I'm working on at any given time. I've got another podcast called Rogue. I do a live streaming show every week called The Heroic Council. I've got a blog where I release a blog post twice a week. And if you're looking to keep up with all sorts of different content that can help you grow and become a superhero in life, I want you to check out jeffgibber.me. That's where I list all of my current projects and projects that are coming up in the future, including my forthcoming book, The Lovable Leader. It would mean a lot to me if you could go and check out some of the other things I've worked on because I put just as much of my heart into those projects as I do into Shareable. Thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. And I hope to see you here on the next episode of Shareable.